0: I'm Martine Powers. This is an election update from Post Reports.
1: You've reached Annie Linsky. I'm sorry I can't get to the phone, but leave a message and I'll call you right back.
0: Hello. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. Where are you right now?
1: Um, I'm in Wilmington. Is that where? Yes, because <laughs> I had to come up to Wilmington yesterday to get a COVID test to get on the plane today to fly out with Biden's press charter to Ohio. So I'm in place to be um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> to, to be start on the to train. Be
1: on the train tomorrow morning. <laughs>
0: Last week, I called up politics reporter Annie Linsky because she was about to get on a train with Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden. It was kind of a gimmicky campaign thing for the morning after the first presidential debate, starting in Cleveland, stopping in a series of Rust Belt towns, and ending somewhere in western Pennsylvania.
1: Right. Well, that last part about where it ends is also a little hazy to me. But I'm just trying to go with the flow here.
0: One of the reasons why Annie was so excited for this train voyage was she hoped that it would tell us something about the state of the Biden campaign right now.
1: The timing is interesting because, you know, this is like by far the most robust day of campaigning that Biden has had since he sewn up the nomination in, really, in, in March.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, this is the most number of public events that he's done. This is sort of the most creative thing his campaign has done. And, well, and this is going to be six towns in a one-day trip. Yeah. So it's going to be a, a, a long day. Hey, I've got to get on this bus here. Can I give you a call back? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Thanks. Right, thank Bye.
0: This week on Tuesday, we checked back in with Annie to get a recap of the train ride and all the things that have happened since.
1: Even in normal campaign times, it's highly unusual to go on a train ride with a candidate. We're pulling up to the train station at 9.46 a.m. I mean, this is a charter train. Um, You know, we're used to, like, bus rides. I'll be back. Amazing. All right. I'll definitely be back a few times. Okay. <laughs> There's a cafe car on this train, which is a great relief. We're just getting on for the first time. And the press is in the very back of the train, which is actually the safest area. Oh, no, are we going to be riding backwards? That's not going to be good for me.
0: Thank you. I
1: So I guess I got to put this on. Huh? Yeah, thank we you. need to wear the N95s okay. of the day. OK. And you have nice. one, thank you. The Biden campaign called it the um, Build Back Better Express, sort of to focus on their economic message, which is what they were planning on turning to after the debate. The
0: jobs about a lot more than a paycheck.
1: To really pivot to the economy in the final weeks back. of the campaign.
0: It's about being able to hold your head up. That's what a job is about.
1: And You know, that's sort of what everybody believes the closing argument is going to be, is an economic message. It's going to be about jobs.
0: It's about how to create good paying jobs, union jobs, to support working families and build our economy back, not just back, but build it back better. Thank you.
1: And it was a really interesting trip. You know, in one way, it felt kind of very old fashioned because it's a train and he stops at the Amtrak station and he gets off and he's talking to people on a, you know, literally on these train platforms. And in another way, it felt very, like, a like normal, like, in this very abnormal campaign that's been just, like, Done via Zoom and and virtually, and like all of a sudden, you you were seeing crowds for the first time, and so you sort of got to see him interacting a little bit with people, which just hasn't been the norm since since March.
0: So that was the day after the first presidential debate, and then it seemed like the news took a complete left turn in terms of what was going on with President Trump and the fact that he had come down with COVID.
1: Yeah. So then the president of the United States gets a positive COVID test and just, I mean, everything changes.
0: I uh, got two two COVID tests this morning, one in Delaware and one by the former White House doc who came up and Everything is clear. We want to make sure everything was clear before I came.
1: You see Joe Biden altering his strategy around his own testing. And so now Joe Biden is going to announce every single COVID test that he takes, whether he is, you know, that he's negative. Um, He had pledged to say that he would share a positive test, but now he's sharing all of the the negative tests. But more consequentially, now he's talking about masks and putting the coronavirus back in the center of his campaign message. You know, hours after Trump is is positive, Joe Biden goes to Michigan and he gives a speech and the speech is memorable, not even really for what he says. I mean, he says much of the same stuff that he's been saying, but he wears a mask for the entirety of his speech. He doesn't take it off once. You know, 20 minutes, he's up there with a microphone, has a mask on. He does the same thing in, in Florida yesterday.
0: And it seems like he's really trying to give this appearance of I I would be the president of responsibility, of listening to science, of being reasonable and not catching COVID.
1: Absolutely correct. You know, this mask is a symbol of how he handles his own safety and, and sort of by extension how he would handle the, you know, the safety of the of the country in his campaign's view. As one advisor said to us that Joe Biden intends to be sort of a walking PSA for for masks and good behavior. And, and, you know, to be sure, it hasn't been absent from his campaign at all, but it's been, you know, since Trump's COVID diagnosis, it's really become the center, the centerpiece of his campaign. Um, and you also see it um, happening with the vice presidential debate and the final negotiations over what that's going to look like and, by extension, what the presidential debate will look like. I mean, before the COVID diagnosis, I was writing stories about, you know, Bi- is Biden's team you know, suggesting that there's a mute button for Trump because Trump was so bombastic. But now, you know, we're talking about is Biden's team suggesting, you know, plexiglass barriers Hmm. to prevent COVID spread.
0: Hmm. I also wonder how this is going to actually change the logistics of campaigning for Biden over the next several weeks. It it strikes me as funny that he has here. He has this one event that's kind of him going back out into the world, being a little bit more public, interacting with more people. And then all of a sudden the president gets COVID. And I wonder if there is an urge to quickly pull back and say, you know, well, if, if Trump has COVID, certainly we don't want I mean, I don't think they wanted Biden to have COVID in the first place, but like we don't want to take any risks that could possibly get Biden sick as well.
1: I think that's right. I think that the method of campaigning is also changing. My Biden do you have a reaction to President uh, Trump leaving Walter Reed last night to speak to his supporters? I, I'm
0: reluctant to comment on anything the president tells of what he's doing and not doing.
1: And, you know, Biden's team all along has said, look, we're taking really strong precautions. And it's true. They have. They have been very careful. But that has gone sort of from, like, uh, like nine to like a 15. And you saw it in Florida. If he's feeling better by the 15th and you have a debate, what kinds of safety precautions would you like to see? Would you like it to be a virtual debate? With jo- Dr. Jill Biden sort of physically pulling former Vice President Biden away from reporters. I'm sorry. Because he was sort of getting too close to them. That it's safe and the distances are safe and really sort of enforcing this this distance and yes there's always been a, a a attempt to keep this distance between the the press and biden and also just sort of real people and biden but that always you know there there have certainly been exceptions i mean going back to the train ride you know, when I was on the aboard the train, Biden was having a sort of smaller conversation with two supporters. You know, aboard that cafe car, he was wearing his mask. But then somebody um, he was talking to just really couldn't understand what he was saying. So Biden just lowered his mask and and just kept it down. You know, so that to make the conversation easier. And you know, I remember I sort of mentioned that moment in in the. Whole report that I wrote for other reporters. Um, but I, it, it was also sort of striking because I was just like, oh, you know, I thought back on it a lot, like thinking, wow, I bet that wouldn't happen again. That's the type of little slip that you wouldn't see going forward.
0: Is there a concern within Biden's camp that the fact that Trump has COVID, is he at Walter Reed, is he not at Walter Reed, what is happening with the president, that all of these questions are sucking so much oxygen out of the room that it will be hard for Biden to get attention in these last critical weeks before the election?
1: You know, I think that's a good question, um, but I don't think it is a, a concern. I think that the fact that the president has covid Puts COVID directly back into the center of the conversation and the campaign. And that is really what Biden has wanted to campaign on. I mean, you know, before this happened, I have to say, you know, there have been sort of discussions about the opposite, which is with COVID receding in a lot of places. It, it, was Biden's message going to be less potent? You know, it, are 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 people ready to kind of move on from this? People are getting back to normal. Museums are opening, restaurants are opening, gyms are opening, and you know, there was a sense among Democrats that the economy is really the message that Biden needs to close his campaign on. It's got to be jobs. Has been the message that Biden's been hearing from Democrats, and you know, he's he's listened. I mean, it was the Build Back Better Train tour. It it was about jobs. Um, And I think he'll he'll still talk about jobs, but, but Trump's diagnosis puts the coronavirus right back in the center of the campaign. And that is the message that Biden has been doing particularly well on. That's where he really opens up a gap um, among seniors, which is is really stunning. I mean, Biden's own pollster, um, you know, if you just look at his Twitter feed, he's constantly writing about this this gap that he's found quite surprising, that Democrats are winning seniors for the first time in, I think, roughly two decades. People that are sensitive and aren't forgetting COVID and, and see Trump's behavior as highly irresponsible.
0: Annie Linsky is a politics reporter for The Post. On Tuesday night, the Commission on Presidential Debates announced that Vice President Pence has now agreed to have a plexiglass barricade on his side of the stage for Wednesday's debate.